Hello, this is Yaro Starak, and welcome to the Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. Today's guest is Jordan Gray. Hi there, thank you for downloading this EJ podcast. Jordan Gray is about to share a very inspiring story in just a moment. But first, I'd like to invite you to sign up to the email list so you get these podcasts as soon as I release them. To do that, go to interviewsclub.com, which will direct you to a blog post where you can find a link to click to open up a box where you can type your email address and then you'll be added to my email list for updates of whenever I release a brand new podcast. And you also receive a sequence of some of my very best podcasts from the archives. That's interviewsclub.com. You can sign up there. Now we're going to dive into the story with Jordan. Here we go. Hello, this is Jaro Starek and welcome to an Entrepreneur's Journey podcast interview. I'm looking forward to today's interview because it actually covers two of my favorite subjects. So one, the obvious one, making money through selling your knowledge, your expertise, uh, being an information marketer and coach online and using content marketing to do that. And my guest today is a relationship coach. And that's the other market that I find quite fascinating too, because I've had a lot of touch points over the years in the sort of dating, male dating market. It's actually where I first got inspired to do email marketing. So my guest today is in the relationship coach business and he's doing content marketing and he's built his business to over six figures a year, has a whole bunch of books out there and he's done this in less than three years. So Jordan Gray, thank you for joining me today on this interview. Thank you for having me, Yoro. Excited to be here. So uh, there's a lot that you have out there and, and it's come together rather quickly. I think you've probably written about as much content as I've written in 10 years, you've done it in two and a half years, <laughs> possibly, given the, I'm looking at your Amazon page and I'm seeing at least one, two, three, four, five, six, seven books, I think, at the moment, something like that. Um, plus, you have courses you sell, you have um, a lot of content on the blog, so you've done a lot in a short period of time. So, we got a lot to cover, um, but just, just so I get the highlight reel completely accurate because I have a list of things you've done. So first of all, you're making six figures a year through primarily selling coaching and your online course. Um, that's correct, right? Yes. You also have been featured on BBC, Thought Catalog, Huffington Post, Business Insider. So you've obviously got a great angle in this market of relationships because that's a fairly saturated market. So you must have come to the the world with a relatively new angle or new take on this. Is that accurate? Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people go in, into the relationship space and they focus on the, uh, you know, the dating, how to get into relationships, uh, kind of advice that I think that you can really find on, you know, on any uh, Maxim, Ask Men, Men's Health kind of website, which, you know, are great publications. But I think that end of the spectrum is much more saturated, the how to get into any relationship market, whereas I've gone after primarily married clients uh, or people that are engaged and entrepreneurial clients. So uh, as I'm sure you know more than most, a lot of entrepreneurs have, have a lot of problems in their uh, dating and relationship lives, especially when their businesses are doing really well. Sometimes they deprioritize their marriages. So I'm there to kind of bring some balance to that aspect of their life. Mm, interesting topic. I'd love to hear how that 
came about as a niche. Before we do that, let's let's go back in time. So I'd love to know how you became uh, an expert at this subject. We have to find out about all your relationships, I think, <laughs> Jordan, to make this credible. Um, but sure. um, where are you born and raised? I was born and raised in Vancouver, Canada, where I still live. Okay. And did you go to school and university, traditional sort of career path? Uh, I did, but not in relationships with psychology. So, yes, I went to high school, I went to university, but I actually went to university for film and photography. So I worked in the film industry for a couple of years part-time uh, while I was actually self-educating in psychology and relationships uh, outside of my schooling. Okay, so when you entered, was that with UBC? Was that the... Capilano, for okay. sure. Yep, yeah. so, so when you started that course, were you thinking career path following this university degree or was that more for fun while you figured out something else yeah i think i i was 17 years old and i just had, was out of high school and i knew that i wanted to be doing something so i just went into film because it was the thing that most appealed to me at the time and I actually had a photography business where i was photographing weddings and doing videography for weddings so i knew that i was always drawn to love and relationships in general uh, I just didn't, I knew that I didn't want to be a general therapist. I didn't want to be a divorce counselor. And the job that I wanted, I didn't really, you know, it didn't exist. I couldn't find any degrees in helping people have better relationships. So I kind of just created it on my own by self-educating for that decade. So how did you, how, how do you, how does one do that? So you're studying formal university education, but then you're just buying books from what, you know, Indigo chapters. Uh, on psychology and relationships? Is that what you did? Exactly. Yeah, my room was just hundreds of books on sexuality, relationships, attraction, all that stuff. So how were you applying that to your own life or, or were, you, were you studying your friends or something like that? Do you have little experiments going? <laughs> um, I think that so it's a bit of nature and nurture. So from a really young age, like all of my earliest memories are of me on the playground talking to girls about, about dating and relationships you know, even before any of us were dating. Like, I had my first girlfriend when I was five years old. I had girlfriends from 12 years old onwards. Like, I intentionally put as little effort into all of my schooling as possible so that I could focus on being the best boyfriend possible. Like, for me, I knew at the youngest age that there was something in relationships that my career path would be. And so, yeah, I just... Like I, my my life has definitely been a petri dish of experimentation, and not that I saw it that way at the time because I didn't know that there was a career path ahead of me that I could reliably find or create. But yeah, I've been very relationally minded my entire life. Are you married? I'm not married. I have a girlfriend. Okay, that's interesting. So you're you're advising married men, but you're not married yourself. Yeah, that's very right. cool. Okay, so it's 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 more about the what you've been able to bring to the table in terms of um, experience and relationships results. and your education. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking you graduate from university and then you're you faced this point. I need to start making a living. Is that correct? I was already making a living doing wedding photography and uh, working part-time jobs here and there since weddings are predominantly in the summer, at least in Vancouver when the only nice weather happens. And so I remember there was this turning point where I felt fairly unsatisfied. I didn't want to be working evenings and weekends just doing photos for years. And I was on this website. You know, I, I Googled something like what to do with your life or what's your ideal career path. And I forget what the website was. I wish I remembered. But there's this one prompt that said something along the lines of, 
you know, look at what kind of books you're generally drawn to because that might reveal something about what you're interested in. So I looked around my bedroom. I saw zero books around, you know, photography or film or lighting and hundreds of books on sexuality and psychology and relationships. And so I was like, well, there's clearly something there. Like that's the section that I go to when I'm in chapters. So maybe I should try and make a career path out of that. So at that point, I Googled uh, something on the lines of Vancouver dating, relationship, help for men. I found a company that was doing something as close as possible to what I wanted to be doing. And I basically forced my way in there. I worked for them for free for months until they realized how valuable I was. Then they hired me officially. Uh, What did you do for them? They were, so it was a combination of teaching social skills to people with social anxiety, but then it was also like 30% dating skills. So, you know, here's how to make eye contact, be a good conversationalist, be more assertive, uh, you know, teaching the basic building block, the basic building blocks of humor. And then we would take some of that and apply it to, you know, how do you meet people at a networking conference? How do you approach a woman on the street that you find attractive, talk to her for a few minutes and get her phone number? That kind of context. Okay. And were you, were you teaching at that stage or what, what was your actual day-to-day job? Yeah, I was teaching. Okay. I was teaching for them. I was their, their head instructor for just under three years. Uh, I rewrote all their curriculums, uh, trained their trainers in multiple cities, and yeah, basically rode that for as long as I wanted to until it felt like it wasn't fun anymore. And that's when I left that company and started my own just about three years ago. Okay. So was that business, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, was that considered a, like, I don't, I hate putting labels on it, but I know there's the pickup artist community and then there's sort of more generic relationship coaching. And I think those two things, while there's a lot of overlap, people see them differently. You know, one is Neil Strauss and the game and that sort of (laughs) world. And then the other world is just your psychology experts and and counselors and therapists and, and those sorts of people. So was that, which one was that business in? Yeah, it's definitely a sliding scale. I'd say that company, which it doesn't exist anymore, but it was called Social Fluency. Uh, that company was definitely, you know, a, a two out of ten, kind of like a little bit of pickup elements of it. But because it was so social skills focused, there really wasn't any like, you know, there was any of the the intentional manipulation that the actual pickup or seduction industry has underneath it or the negative press that that seems to garner at the moment as well yeah okay interesting okay so can we time stamp this how old were you when you finished your three years at that company to start your own i was 24 okay so yeah you're, you're pretty young so yeah um i'm assuming you're still pretty young right now that when was 24 so how many years ago was that that was four years ago. I'm 28 and a half right now. Okay, so we've got four and a half years to go from basically starting your business to where you're at now with all these books, all this coverage, six-figure business, and so on. So what did you do first when you left their business, knowing now you've seen how their business was run? You must be thinking, well, I can do something similar, but I'm going to do it my way. Is, is that what happened? Yeah, exactly. I think that by the end of being with that company, I felt... Like my integrity had kind of been drained to a large extent because I felt like I'd realized that I'd been helping people get into relatively surface level relationships. And it was really, you know, on the soul level, it was really unfulfilling by the end of it. At at the beginning, I loved it. It was amazing. It was a total high. But by the end of it, I was pretty miserable. So for the first few months, I I lay low. Uh, I didn't like take any of my clients from that company, but 
think three or maybe four of them uh, messaged me on Facebook and said, hey, do you still do coaching one-on-one? Like, is it cool if I hire you ethically? Is that all good? I was like, yeah, you reached out to me, so that's fine. So I kind of coached them part-time one-on-one for four to six months while contemplating, contemplating my life and wondering, you know, should I do an entrepreneurial venture? Should I go back to some form of, you know, soul-sucking, normal person job, even though I never really had one of those to begin with. And, and it just morphed over time where I realized that, yeah, I do really still enjoy coaching, but I want to be, you know, inspiring more depth and authenticity and uh, self-exploration through whatever I'm doing. And so that started to morph into, well, maybe I should make a personal brand. Maybe I should start writing blog posts. And since people wanted to do coaching with me one-on-one locally, I thought, well, I'll just throw up a website, get a web designer to like put a PayPal button on it so that I can process these payments somehow. And it just kind of happened organically and went from there. Okay, so two questions. The first one, did you feel any sense of insecurity or lack of confidence in regards to this subject matter, given, yes, you had book smarts, yes, you'd been self-experimenting, and you also had three years as a teacher in someone else's company, but was there any insecurity about, can I really seriously do this myself and, and start my own business or, around this subject, given you know lack of formal qualifications or anything like that? Yeah, I'd say in a huge way, yes. And then in some ways, in some like supporting ways, no. So the no elements, since they're a lot smaller, I'll start there. I definitely felt like I'd kind of earned my chops over the three years of coaching uh, group sessions with that company. And, you know, my, my students, my clients, people that I worked with ranged from 20 years old to 60. And generally, any time that a student walked into the classroom, it was group setting. So like me talking to 10 to 20 people at a time, and there was classes of men and classes of women separately. And whenever I had a client that was over 40 years old, there was always this kind of, you know, lean back in their chair, arms folded across their chest, and expression on their face of like, you're clearly a child. (laughs) What could you possibly tell me (laughs) about dating relationships? (laughs) And, you know, time and time again, within five minutes of me opening my mouth, they would lean in and go, okay, this guy has something to offer me. And I'd kind of melted through that barrier uh, in person, face-to-face enough times that I felt confident in my abilities to provide real value uh, through that medium. But I am such a non-technical person, and I also have a fairly, like, I don't really have the best business mind. Like, I'm not a strategically, uh, you know, entrepreneurial person, and I'm realizing this more and more over the last six months is kind of a, a fresh realization for me, but I'm really, I'm the talent. I'm, you know, I'm the Tony Robbins within my organization. I can, I can write and I can coach and I can be the, the shining star, but I'm actually just now getting to the point in my business today where uh, I'm starting to, you know, hire kind of uh, COO and business coaching and strategy people because I'm not that. So, yeah, I was terrified when I started because I was like, this is so not my world. I know that I can do relationship stuff well, but starting a business with, you know, zero business or formal entrepreneur or psychology or relationship training. Yeah, it was, you know, I was, ten, I was in totally over my head, but I just went in with the blind faith of I'll just do the things that I'm really good at, which are writing and coaching, and I'll just do them repeatedly. And if that turns into some kind of traction, then I'll ride it out forever. 
Okay, well, that leads great to the second question I have for you, which was a, a more technically minded question. Now, you don't necessarily have to answer this with a technical answer because obviously if you're not technical, you can't. But you decide to ride in your own business. And like you said before, okay, set up website, put PayPal button, see if people bought pay for coaching. Uh, did you just kind of figure that out yourself? And what exactly did you start with? And even what, how did you even know what to start with? Were you just sort of copying what that other company you worked for did? Or did you have a, an idea for something unique that you wanted to do? Maybe you studied some other online personal brands and so forth. Yeah, it was definitely unique to the other company because they were purely offline. They were all live in-person coaching uh, with next to no online presence. So I knew that I wanted to do somewhat of the opposite to have my business be purely, you know, I could run from my laptop anywhere. I wasn't really super into traveling at that point. I soon would be, I soon would become that kind of person once I realized that I could you know, do coaching calls through Skype from anywhere in the world and upload blog posts anywhere. There's a weak Wi-Fi connection. Um, but yeah, I, and I, I love that you asked this question because this shows really how terrible I was and still am at, at technology. Um, I bought a domain name for GoDaddy. I could do that by myself. Um, <laughs> step one. Uh, step one. Yeah, I, I paid the whatever it was, 10 bucks or 15 bucks for the first year of my domain name. And it took me, I think it took me either eight or nine days to figure out how to point. You know, when you like you buy hosting and you you have to point the domain and say, okay, okay, hosting, like GoDaddy has this name and it points or redirects or whatever. It literally took me eight days to do that. And I cried so many times <laughs> because I hated it. I was like, this is so not my area of expertise. Technology and me are sworn enemies. Uh, so I, I learned how to point it you know, to a website that barely existed. And I, I figured out you know, very quickly from all that banging my head against the metaphorical brick wall that I had to outsource it. So I asked a friend who had a pretty website in a very different industry uh, if they, you know, who their designer was. And I, had, I just paid someone $1,000 and said, here's my idea. Here's a, you know, a passable kind of headshot photo of me make this a thing. I know my branding is really vague because I don't really know what I'm doing right now at all. Um, but, you know, make, make all the static text flexible so I can change it later when I do know what, what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, I had him make it pretty and put up a PayPal button and I wrote up some really half-assed copywriting selling my coaching. But again, at that point, I mainly wanted the website as a payment processor because I already had a couple of offline clients that wanted to just pay me somehow. Mm. And I thought, well, I'll put it through a website because maybe it'll turn into something. Did you have an email list yet? No, not at all. Okay. I, I, yeah, I had none of the smart things that people should do for their business until like six months into existing. Okay, well, let's go through the six months. So did you, sure. did you register jordangrayconsulting.com, which is what you have now? Is that that domain you bought from GoDaddy? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so we're... We're starting the journey from the beginning. So Jordan Gray Consulting, you get this friend to build a website with a PayPal button that pretty much was just a page that sold the coaching so you could take money from those few clients you had. Yeah. What did you do next? Next, as again, kind of as an exercise in self-exploration, I just started writing a lot. And you know, if I could go back in time, I would love to just bury the first 50 or so posts that I ever put out because they're so scattered and have nothing to do with what I'm writing about today that you know they're effectively useless except from a, a SEO standpoint of just having a bunch of unique content on my site. But I kind of just went 
day by day and thought, okay, what am I working on in my life right now? And then how can I turn that around, write it into a, a blog post and share it with people? And even if you know only 10 people get value from it, uh, from each one that I put out, then at least I'm getting some kind of word of mouth out there and people know that, hey, Jordan's trying to do something. And at that point, there was zero SEO because my website was so new and I didn't really know what SEO was at that point either, um, that I was just pushing it out to my you know, maybe five or 600 Facebook friends. Uh, I didn't have a fan page, didn't have a Twitter account. It was just articles go up on my website. I would do a single post on my personal Facebook that said, hey, here's this new post about this thing that I'm going through or working on, or here's some value that I think I might be able to provide to you. Can, can I ask you, given the personal nature of your subject matter, and then you're sharing it with your Facebook friends and on a public blog, uh, you know, it's a bit unique to your subject matter. Were you writing about your own relationships and was your girlfriend okay with that? How, how does that part work? Yeah, it's a question I get a lot and I love it because it, it, it ties heavily into this other question that people ask, which is, you know, do you, do you follow your own advice? Right. And for me, it's, it's funny because it's, you know, in the way that I live my life, it's kind of a backwards question because I kind of just am the way that I am and then I go, and then usually my girlfriend will point out something that, hey, you, do th- you did this thing, and it was really sweet. And I'll go, oh, I guess that is a nice thing to do for your partner. <laughs> and so then I'll write a post called, you know, 10, 10 romantic things to do for your partner that are just basically backwards engineered things that I've taken from my life. So it's not, I write content that sounds, oh, this would be a nice thing to do. It's usually reverse engineered from my relationship. And so with that, uh, I've been dating my girlfriend for uh, about a year now. And actually, I warned her about that on basically, our, I don't know if it was our first date or at least second or third date, right. that I was like, whoa, I'm like, I'm really going to fall in love with you quickly. Just to give you a heads up, like, or not even a heads up, but I asked her, like, <laughs> how comfortable do you feel me using stories about our relationship and ideally also photos of us in my personal brand? She's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's an extension of you. That's totally fine. So she's extremely supportive and has never been weirded out about it at all that's now but what about when you first started your blog and you first posted to facebook that was a different girlfriend or maybe you were single back then i don't know i think at that point yeah i was single for the first uh year or so of brand building i also didn't mention that when i when i left that company after those first few months of coaching uh when i first launched my website i I really I, i thrive off of people telling me that i can't do something and so after i put out my first 10 or 20 blog posts and a couple of people were like, oh, this is really cool, but like, you know, you can't make a living writing, you can't, um, whatever. There's all, all the naysayers that love to have their say in your life. There was actually a moment where within a 48-hour period, I, uh, I like, basically, I gave away or donated 95% of all the physical things that I own in the world. I bought a ticket to Southeast Asia and I went and lived, or I didn't know how long I was going to be gone for, but I left Canada, I left the country with the mindset of I'm not going to come back until I'm self-supporting from this venture. Mm. So, you know, Burn earlier, exactly. And especially, you know, I'm, a, I'm an Aries Taurus. I'm both of the stubborn signs and my ego just like, you know, was very, very firmly planted in place. And so I was like, yeah, I'm really, I'm not coming back until you know, I'm not only self-supporting my travels, but also able to come back and live in Vancouver, which is a relatively expensive city, (laughs) from what my business is doing. And I think it was just before the call, you asked me how how I was able to write my books so quickly. And I did actually write 
edit, uh, you know, publish and, and launch my first three books within the first two and a half months of travel because that was part of the intention was, okay, I know that books will give me leads and revenue. And so I just, I wrote like a madman and, you know, spent six to 10 hours most days writing these books and then put them out there. So this is in that first six months of yeah. deciding to start this business. Okay, so you left Vancouver. You write That's books first as well as the 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 blog posts that you shared on Facebook. So there's still no email list. You went books next. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you, like, I'm trying to get at what your strategy was at the time. You're just thinking, let's throw stuff out using different platforms and see if it gets me clients. Is that the idea? There, there was multiple... So I you know, give myself some credit for thinking strategically, even though I don't know how strategic it was in the moment. It's more of just a thing I can look backwards and connect the dots now. But I think a big part of the strategy was, okay, my website basically doesn't exist. Like Google doesn't even know about it. If you Googled my name, my website wouldn't pop up yet. I thought, well, Amazon's a big site. You know, they are highly ranked in terms of page rank and domain authority. And whatever their traffic is, it's a lot more than mine. So <laughs> I thought I'm going to leverage their existing community. Um, and so, yeah, I put out the books for lead generation somewhat, but I think the main reason was I knew how scared I was of starting this whole, whole process. And, you know, I was afraid that I would have to fly back to Canada four months into travel with my tail between my legs and, you know, tell my parents and best friends, all these people that I told that I got to go be a successful entrepreneur that, uh, yeah, like I, it turns out I broke and, Everyone is right. The dating relationship space is totally saturated, and I shouldn't have tried. Um, and so I kind of, I needed at the at that point, I needed the uh, the feedback of being able to get any kind of a sale. And you know, I, again, I already had a couple coaching clients that I was doing Skype coaching with now that I was out of the country. But those are people that already knew, and I needed the, the ego validation or the, or the satisfaction of knowing that someone who wasn't a friend or former client or family member would know about my website mm -hmm. and would pay me anything. And I remember being in Bangkok, actually, uh, just a few weeks after having left Vancouver and getting my first sale, my first ebook. And it was 99 cents, which means that my take was 35 cents, which is really, you know, nothing. Like, that, even in Thailand, that doesn't pay, <laughs> yeah. pay for a, a dish of pad thai. All right. But I remember, and this is a common, common theme, but I remember crying tears of joy. I was like, oh, my God, someone actually bought my book. And because it's Amazon, I can't track who it is. So it could have been my mom. But I really don't know. But I think just seeing that first sale of any human on the Internet saying that they found ideas that I was putting out there valuable, I was just hooked from that point. I thought, okay, if I can make a dollar revenue, I can make $100,000 of revenue. But I just, I needed that, you know, I needed something about the internet to be validated from an outside perspective. How much of a buffer did you have when you started these travels? Like you said, you might have to come back four months. Was that about how much savings you had when you made this jump? Yeah, I think I had, uh, you know, maybe $10,000, available to me Canadian. and Canadian exactly much less than American right now yeah um, and yeah and a part of that was going to uh, to my web designer who I paid up front and 
Yeah, so yeah, really ma- making the website and and the the initial flight out of the country was like, oh, there's you know there's a month of living expenses by South Southeast Asian standards, so better find a way to make money. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about pressure. Jeez. Yeah. Okay, so uh, and I'm just curious, which book was the first one that sold? The first one, which is the most off-brand thing that I have out there, is called How to Be the Most Engaging Person in the Room Every Time. Okay, so it's more a confidence, personal sort of, um, what do you call it, uh, um, public speaking kind of book than a, a, a relationship book. Yeah, it was like how to deeply connect to people socially. So it was yeah, kind okay. of a mix between what I had been doing at the previous company and how to win friends and influence people, right. but just packaged into like a 30-page little thing. It was like a long blog post of stuff that I already knew how to do. Right, I was going to ask you that. So these, the, the first books you wrote while you were in Southeast Asia, did, how big were they? Like, And how long did they take you to write? So that first one was about 30 pages. The second book was about 50 pages. And the third book was about 75 pages. Um, the first one retailed for a dollar. The other ones were three dollars each, and yeah, I, you know, I I wrote and edited and put out all three of the books within just under two and a half months. So, how did you deal with the technical parts, like getting it onto Amazon, getting a cover done, getting it formatted? Since technical is not your strong point, I downloaded an ebook from a guy named Tom Corson Knowles, who's now a, a personal friend of mine, but I didn't know him at the time. He was just someone that I admired because, oh, here's a guy who can write Amazon books. And wow, like, how did he get that contract? How did Amazon say yes to him? Which, you know, again, now I know is totally faulty and anyone can get a book up on Amazon. Uh, but I just I downloaded one of his ebooks that basically said, here's how to format a book. Um, and it was surprisingly simple. It's basically, and it still is, you know, write it up in a Word document, which Mac and PC both have. You know, even even that much about tech I knew back then. So I wrote it up in Word. I formatted it to the specifications of what this book said to do, and then I got a cover designer on Fiverr to make my to make all three of my covers for five dollars each. And then you uploaded it yourself through Amazon. Yeah, exactly. So you did it all yourself, basically. Yeah, completely. Well done. <laughs> okay, great. Um, what was the guy's name again? Who you followed? Just Tom Corson Knowles. Tom Corson Knowles. Okay, we'll put that with the show notes just in case. Okay, so great. So you made your first dollar on the internet. Yeah. How did you get to the the point? Well, take us forward in the story. You've got this four month deadline. You've spent two and a half months to write three books. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing you just started seeing a few more sales from Amazon. Is that kind of what happened? Yeah, exactly. Those rolled in a lot faster than I thought they would have. You know, I was actively marketing them. I I went back and retroactively added links to all three of these books to all of my existing blog posts. Um, How are you marketing them? Which, the books? Yeah. So yeah, I, I put links in my existing content, but very similar to what I did for uh, my blog posts, I, you know, I put links in my existing content, and then I just did dedicated posts and blasts, and you know, I would, at this point, maybe I had 800 Facebook friends, because now that I was a content creator, people started to add me on Facebook, and uh, you know, subscribe and follow along that way since, again, I didn't have an email list at this point. So they're like, well, I guess I'll follow on Facebook because that seems to be the only place that actually puts it out. Okay. And <laughs> I, I did, yeah, I, 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 I can't believe it. you didn't study anyone else's stuff online. Like, I haven't heard mentioned another blogger or internet marketer or anyone to sort of follow the typical path, grow an email list, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. No, and, and it wasn't, uh, 
like, you know, me being stubborn, like, oh, like, I'll do it my own way. It's like I just had no idea and I didn't even know to look. Like there were people that I followed the work of that I knew. Like, I knew that people my age could make online businesses work, but it never even crossed my mind to study the structure of what they're doing. I just thought, well, I have my strengths and I'm just going to do only those for a while and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, very, very messy, very untargeted. But, you know, it worked eventually. So, yeah, I, I just put out the, the links to each of my books whenever I launched them on Facebook. And, you know, my five or ten readers that seemed to like or, com- or comment on or share all of my blog posts, I would private message them and say, like, hey, thanks for all the shares over these last two months. Uh, I just launched this, bu- launched this book. If you could share it with your Facebook friends, I'd love that, and I'll send you a free PDF version of it. And I'd only target not only the friends that were or followers that were like heavy users that love my content, but also the people that had you know one to three thousand Facebook friends themselves, because I saw those as kind of you know their mini uh, email list of mm. you're much more of an influencer than I am right now, so you put it out there. And I think by the third month. I was somewhere between eight hundred to a thousand dollars in book revenue, which you know, wow. living in uh, Thailand and Bali, which is where I was for the first three months, you know, the conversion rate's amazing, and I really wasn't spending. Even though I was living in you know ten to fifteen dollar a night hotels, I wasn't spending that much because life's pretty cheap there. So yeah, by the third month, I was kind of traveling. You know, I was not really in the black, but I was even. I was traveling off of my book revenue as opposed to personal savings. And these books were all between a dollar and four dollars? A dollar and three dollars. A dollar and three dollars, and you made eight hundred to a thousand dollars. A lot of sales of books. Yeah. One of them, uh, 50 Powerful Data Ideas is the name of the book, uh, the short name of the book. That one hit the top 20 list within both of its categories. Uh, and it's, it's still kind of this way today, but you know, Amazon's algorithm for how easy it is to rank the number one bestseller in one or both categories is ridiculous, <clears throat> ridiculously easy. But even more so three years ago when there was very little competition in the dating relationship books on Amazon. Now it's much more saturated. But yeah, I crossed $1,000 a lot sooner than I ever thought I would mm. just from a thing that was there as lead generation. So these customers then, you're getting obviously several hundred customers, are, are they going into some kind of database you can access for future marketing at that point? No, Amazon doesn't give you any of their information or email contacts. Okay, so you just they, they know about me. They can find, like, if they really love the book, they can go, they can Google my name and find me, but it's, it's not a right. super targeted way. So you relied on the links in the books themselves to take them back to your, your blog. That is another great point. Again, back to how little I knew, I didn't put any links in any of my books because I didn't know that was a thing you could do okay. at that point. So now I have retroactively all of my books have links in them. But yeah, uh, actually, that was one of the first kind of outside business tips that anyone gave me is I, again, around that point, I reached out to Tom Corson Knowles and said, hey, thanks so much. This book really helped me and I'm on the top 20 of my category um, because of you. You know, just thanks a lot. And he's like, cool, man. Like, I hope those links are doing well for you. And I was like, what does that mean? What are, What links? He's like, you have links in your books, right? I'm like, no, but I'll do that now. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like you succeeded despite yourself on <laughs> some level here, Jordan. Yeah. Um, take us forward. So you're, you're, you made enough to keep traveling. What happened next? So next, again, I was, those three books existed. I was still putting out one or two blog posts per week, and which, again, by some people's standards, isn't a ton, but I knew that for, for the entire existence of my 
from, of my personal brand, I would rather be putting out one post a week that I'm actually really proud of and I know is valuable than putting out four or five posts a week that I feel like are all watered down. That's been my content strategy is you know, no matter how under SEO optimized they are or whatever, it's like if I write good things, then people will find a way to spread it for me. And so it was around the fourth or fifth month that I think people who'd been following my work uh, on Facebook and people that had known about my books started to see that, okay, this person is consistently putting out real value. He's not just you know, trying out a blog for a couple of weeks and then going away forever. Uh, so I think the consistency and the kind of brand momentum started to take over. And I think it was around then that my first online clients, yeah, maybe my fourth month that my first online client hired me that I didn't know in real life. Like mm. just someone that had been reading my stuff on Facebook and was a friend of a friend and said, hey, I love your stuff. I'd love to chat with you on you know, how to be the best partner possible since that's kind of what all of your blog posts are speaking to. And obviously coaching was, even though my rates were much lower then than they are today, uh, being able to do coaching for, I think at that point it was $100 for an hour, you know, that blew my mind. It's like, okay, I can do $1,000 a month for selling all these books that took me a lot of hours to create, but I can do coaching and make, you know, someone can hire me for $500 worth of coaching and I just get all that money today and then I just have to talk with them in health. Like that's, that's amazing. That's mind blowing. That's like an entire book of effort in five hours financially. Right. Uh, so yeah, that's when I started to hire clients that I didn't know in real life. And I'm guessing you know, that that was a big moment too. that first client. Totally. Oh yeah. It was huge. And you know, I think like a lot of people that do any form of coaching or consulting, you know, our, our first hour, and it was like, oh, it's supposed to be like, you know, it's $100 per hour. It's a hard boundary. We stopped at the 60-minute mark. I'm sure we talked for close to like two and a half hours. And I, oh, here's all my books for free. And like, <laughs> I threw the metaphorical book at them and, you know, gave so much value because I just wanted to hit a massive home run and, you know, really show up. Yeah. Stuff. In my mind, it was like paying for a month of living in, in Bali. It's like, I will go to the ends of earth to really yeah. make sure that you have a good experience with me. You probably, he probably helped you more than you helped him on some levels in terms of just your, your progress, your confidence, your, totally. your lifestyle and so on. Absolutely. Okay. So how does that turn into a six figure business? So what happened next? So yeah, that's about, let's say that's six months in and still no email list, right? I might've had it around. Yeah. Cause I, I was traveling for just under, five months i came back to vancouver uh probably in my fifth month of travel and i think at that point when i was back around uh some entrepreneurial friends and they saw my website and they're like I, I couldn't find you like how do i subscribe where's your email list i'm like what's that and they're like what's that they're like you've been a, you're like an amazon bestseller and you don't know what an email list is i was like nope and so i just i went back and talked to that same web designer and said hey can you put on an email list he's like Oh my God, dude, I didn't give you an email list. I was like, oh, that's okay. I didn't ask for it. Like, I didn't, I didn't know. So yeah, I think I started my email list then. Um, and what did you just, you offered subscribe to my updates as the, the reason to join your email list? I think I gave away my first free book, like the one that is the least brand congruent. Uh, now and even, even back then, it wasn't really what I was writing about, but I was like, you know, here's this free 30 page PDF if you want, I guess. But yeah, it was mainly a, because the offer was increasingly unaligned with what I was actually writing about, it was more of a, if you've really loved my stuff, here's how to subscribe to my emails. Mm -hmm. 
to find out when new content comes out. So yeah, I basically just, you know, after those first three books, I didn't write a book for another four or five months. It was near the end of my first year that I wrote my biggest book that I, that was by far the most brand congruent. And yeah, I think I just continued to put out one or two blog posts per week and I got more and more coaching clients. And at that point, uh, more and more people were following me on Facebook. I started to be on other people's podcasts. And I think it was during that process that I found out that I really enjoyed helping, you know, like hyper-intentional, super-driven people, which was almost always entrepreneurs. And so although I never branded myself exclusively as the relationship coach for entrepreneurs, because I didn't really like the, the limitation of just being towards those people, over 90% of my clients through the lifetime existence of my brand have been self-employed entrepreneurs because they just are those kind of people that you know, want to take every area of their life to the most optimized mm. place. So my relationship advice, you can see this from any of my blog posts. It's not, you know, here's how to have a kind of functioning relationship or here's how to get any girlfriend. It's you're already doing well. You don't need me. Here's how to go from a seven out of 10 to 10 out of 10. Okay. So can you take us through, like you've got a course now, you've got more coverage. Did everything just sort of compound uh like so okay let's go back in time vancouver you're back in your hometown yeah um but at that stage how much were you making per month online total uh at that point maybe three thousand between the the books and coaching and that's like three thousand us i I would assume uh yeah it would be because i was charging us dollars in both those products okay so that's and how many clients do you think you were you're dealing with at that stage hmm I'd say on a weekly basis, maybe I was talking to five to 10 people. Okay. So it's a fairly robust private coaching practice going on there as well as a Kindle income stream. Yeah. Did, how did you even think about your next direction? Because it doesn't sound like you had a lot of coaches or, or, you know, people to follow in terms of growing your online business. So what did, how did you get an idea for what to do next? I think the video courses were the next big idea for me because I can't remember who it was. I think I saw someone uh, who's in my personal network in the health and wellness space uh, do some video courses, and he told me, he's like, oh, yeah, like it's, it's really beautiful, and I hired this guy, and it was like really inexpensive, and now they're generating revenue on a monthly basis. And I was like, oh, like how much do you pay for them? He's like, only 30 grand. I was like, what? Are you kidding me? And I think this is, again, in that kind of... Uh, when someone tells you I can't do something in vain, I want to do it or do it better. And there was, there was some piece of me that was like, I went to film school. I know how to shoot and edit video really well. And, you know, I can, I can rent a camera, shoot my entire video course by myself for $200. Like the fact that someone spent, you know, five figure, uh, payday on creating these courses just blew my mind. And so I think kind of as a challenge to myself, I wanted to see if I could make video courses that I was proud of for a fraction of the price. Uh, I also wanted to try writing a sales copy because I had to make a sales page for each of my three video courses. And so, yeah, I basically, again, being a, a, a kind of rapid action taker, I'm, I'm a quick start on a Colby test. So I get an idea, I want to do it as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I, I outlined and you know wrote these three video courses rented a camera, hired a location, um, shot all three video courses in one day and edited them, 
edited all three of them within the next 10 days while writing my sales copy. And How long was each course? They're pretty short. I think the shortest one was about an hour and 15 minutes, and the longest one was just under two hours. They're all video content. So you did like six hours worth of video content to create three courses yeah, in one exactly. day. Yeah, okay. exactly. So you, and you wrote a sales page for one of the courses during that time? No, for all three. Oh, for all three, so three sales pages. Yeah. How big were those sales pages? They are, I think the shortest one's about 1,800 words, and the longest one's like 3,500 words. So within almost a weekend, you did three courses and three sales pages. Yeah. Or uh, with the video editing, all in, yeah, three weeks. Okay. And then the idea was to release one after the other after the other just to your own network, your email list, your Facebook followers, your blog, and so on? That was the idea, uh, but as is often the case with me, since I'm fairly impulsive, I'll often like this happens. You know, if you've, if anyone listening to this is uh, on my website, you'll see that almost all of the articles that I release, like I'll write a bunch and go, "Oh, this will last me a month," and then I'll put all three of them out on the same day and just go, <laughs> "Here it is, everyone." Uh, so yeah, actually, this morning I did exactly that. I put out three blog posts that I was really proud of and I was sitting on for a while, and I was like, oh, "I'll just put them all out now." And people choose their own adventure. You're the so, you're the Netflix of uh, blog posts. Huh? You just dump the whole season in one go. <laughs> do whatever you want. Here binge, binge read Jordan Gray. <laughs> that's that's exactly what I do with my video courses. Uh, again, I, I found out after the fact that. You know, smart business people and marketers were like, "Dude, that, that like that kind of should have like lasted you half a year of launches." Yeah. <laughs> but I, I did. I, I basically just I had no, you know, there was no Jeff Walker's product launch formula. There was no strategy. There was no pre-selling or marketing or even warning to my email list or followers. I just said, "Here's three video courses. They're done." <laughs> and so I just I put them off my website. I emailed them out. I talked about them on Facebook once or twice. And yeah, I think those. The, the sales were a little underwhelming compared to what I imagined could be possible. Again, knowing nothing about business at that point and still kind of today, they made maybe two or $3,000 their first month. But cumulatively, you know, I, again, I'm not my, my business's numbers person, but I know they've made tens of thousands of dollars because they just sit there. And uh, my most successful one called Supercharger Sex Life still does, you know, anywhere from two to 500 a week. And that's been going for two years. Right. Okay. So I know you're not a tech person, but to deliver a course is a little bit like a video course is a little bit more technical than yes. just a blog. So how did you, did you password protect this content and uh, you know, give people a, a unique login and so on? So yeah, again, that was all outsourced my, my web guy. <laughs> okay. I, I, I used them intermittently. So anytime it's like when he first made the website, I said, I just want to know enough so that I can load in a blog post because I, that's all I need to do for now. Like Skype, I know how to use Skype. I can do that. That's a separate thing. Um, but as long as people can find me and the money comes through, then whatever. And when the video courses were going to be a thing, same thing. I said, I'm going to make a video course. Is it possible to put video on this website? He said, yeah, absolutely. I said, okay, I'll let you know when they're done. And then he just made the, yeah, he password protected, made made the back end for each one of those. And I, I still have no idea how they work, but I know that they do work. <laughs> They're on your blog as well, I assume then. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Wow. That's um yeah, pretty amazing. You don't know what's going on, but it's working, so that's that's what matters. Yeah. Um okay, so what were the three titles? So one was Supercharge Your Sex Life, the other ones were The other one is called Fight Less Love More, and then the third one is How to Find Your Ideal Partner. 
And you're just coming up with the subject matter because you've done so much coaching now. You, you obviously know what people want. So it's the private coaching is really helping you get, get ideas for, for, e, for e-books and, and courses. Is that right? Exactly. Completely. Okay, fantastic. So uh, your business is looking more robust now. You've got a, a fairly well-established blog. Um, your email list, I assume, was growing by that stage. Your Facebook following. You had all like four or five Kindle books out the door. Uh, you've got three courses now, so and that would have been like two two thousand dollars. So you would have made instead maybe four or five thousand dollars that month. Um, I keep saying this. What happened next, Jordan? <laughs> you know, and where are we at this stage? What year are we in? A couple of years ago now. Yeah, I'd say that was probably just over a year, maybe year and a half. Uh, no, yeah, just just under a year of my business business existing, like from it starting. And it's around that point that, so I had an email list that, you know, maybe had like 200, 300 people on it, which again, half of the emails, when I looked at them, I knew their names. I was like, oh, like that's, you know, that's a client, that's a friend, that's my uncle, et cetera. And it was around that point that uh, just like the email list moment when someone found out they didn't have that, they're like, how do you not have that? That... I think I had, you know, maybe 80 to 100 blog posts on my site. And it was at that point that someone gave me that same kind of reaction, that same shocked reaction of, you haven't guest posted anywhere? And I was like, what's guest posting? They're like, it's when you write content for other people. I was like, why did I do that? And they're like, because people know about them more than they know about you and you can leverage your audience. I was like, that sounds brilliant. I'm going to do that. And you can actually see, like, if you look at the month over month of my website's traffic, uh, you can see where I made the decision to start posting anywhere else because my traffic was fairly abysmal. Like I didn't really have uh, huge numbers at all. You know, when I had when I had a hundred or two hundred visitors in a day, it would blow my mind. I was like, two hundred people? Who are these people? Who's watching my stuff?" Um, I didn't I didn't have Google Analytics. I just had the Jetpack plugin on my WordPress that I could look at because it was more pretty. Um, and Google Analytics, every time I looked at it, it would just like, it would numb my brain because it looked way too technical and boring. So it was around that point that I decided that I wanted to start guest posting on other websites. And in kind of crazy metaphysical law of attraction type stuff, within a couple of weeks of me just making that decision, the executive editor of a website called The Good Men Project uh, reached out and said, hey, we really like a few of your posts. Do you mind if we put these two or three of your existing posts on our site. And I was like, I don't have to do more work to get more traffic. I was like, yeah, go for it. You can totally do that. And I did some research on them and I found out that they had somewhere between four to six million visitors per month. And again, at this point, I maybe had, I don't know, 10,000 ish. Like it was, my numbers were nothing in my mind. They were, they were huge to me, but now it's like I do that in a day, what I used to do in a month. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they posted two or three of my posts on their website, and you know there were days when when they launched posts of mine where I'd get so much referred traffic just from the the bio link that my traffic would double on those days. And I was like, okay, there's clearly something to this. I'm going to focus on just this for a while, and so I started to write unique content for them because I thought I want to be on their good side as much as possible because they're sending me a lot of awesomeness and and those people weren't just numbers but they were also you know i'd see big spikes in my email list subscribers and i'd get 
a video course buyer too. So I was like, okay, this is a, a huge opportunity that I, I even know that this is something to, to pay attention to and chase down. So I started giving them a ton of content. You know, I was, I'd email them and say, here's another five of my posts that exist that I think would also do well with your kind of crowd. And here's three unique posts that you can use whenever. And I, I just kept doubling down with them. And within a month or so of my first post with them, uh, other websites would also syndicate those posts from them. And so I'd get more and more links from other people. And I think on the second month of posting with them, they asked me to be their full-time sex and relationships editor. So I wouldn't have to go through their executive editor anymore. I could just load in my own content whenever I wanted, uh, launch it all the time. And I was also on the hook to put out a certain number of posts per week through them. So it also gave me the opportunity to uh, repurpose some of the content of my friends and colleagues that I'd now made in you know, similar overlapping industry. So, you know, it kind of gave me more social capital of, hey, I can get you on this website that's like, you know, page rank seven, and I can get you loads of traffic as well. And I, I, never, I never see that as competition. To me, it's like, you know, they can either be your competitors or your colleagues, mm. and you might as well be friends with them. If you think, like, if you actually believe in their message and, and their content is good, then I was, you know, overjoyed to fill one of my content slots with one of my friend's posts. But yeah, I, I was getting massive traffic from them and I more than doubled within those first two months just by the direct traffic they were seeing or the referral traffic they were sending me and the links I was building from other people, which it was around that time that Google knew about me and also started to send me organic uh, SEO traffic. Mm -hmm. I can see on your website, you've now been featured BBC, Huffington Post, Entrepreneur, Business Insider, Yahoo, yeah. and I'm assuming although a lot of those are business sites, you're actually talking about dating for business people, sorry, relationships for business people in those articles. Yeah, exactly. Right, so it's bringing targeted audience back to your site. Yeah. Okay, so can you just uh, sort of in the last kind of five, ten minutes we've got here, Jordan, the, the paint a picture of how your, your business works today. So is it pretty much everything we've talked about? Anything else on top of that? Uh, those are all the major components, the books, video courses, and coaching uh, right now, I'm scaling back coaching a bit. My my hourly rate is four times what it was when I first started. And so I'm doing less coaching hours for more revenue. And I'm realizing that I really enjoy the most creative elements of my business. So I'm kind of coaching less and writing more uh, and finding more ways to monetize that. So I'm thinking about rolling out a one of those little... Um, you know, like monthly contribution buttons, testing that out, seeing if that works. Because, yeah, the more I can get to uh, the the passive financial elements and things that encourage me to just be able to live in the creative side, that's what I'm most excited about today. Okay, fantastic. So, you know, looking over your website, uh, jordangrayconsulting.com, I love that it's all in a blog. So you deliver your courses your membership area, take your payments, you write your blog posts, um, even your books are linked there. So it's all kind of just through this blog. And it's yeah. it's not a complicated design. It's clean. It's one column design. Um, I love that. And I love that you don't know how it works in terms of technical things. You just tell yeah. your tech guy and it, it, you know, the, the outcome is there. Yeah. Um, could we just switch the lens to the listener briefly here for the last five minutes? They're listening to you and they're, first of all, thinking, okay, well, first of all, 
on some level, if Jordan could do this, I could do this because he was kind of, you know, I don't want to insult you, but it felt a bit like you were bumbling along with totally. some of the things you were doing over the, I certainly totally in the was. earlier period of time. Yep. Um, and yet you've still reached this point making over six figures a year. And you also have found a, a business model where you can do the thing you're good at and let other people handle the technical aspects and, and so on. You do the copy, you do the teaching, you do the coaching, which I think is it's what I love. It's what the listeners love too. But they're for some reason hitting these roadblocks. They can't even get the blog up. They're they're scared about you know providing private coaching because they don't know who they should sell to or what they should sell. So could you just think back? Well, maybe it's not relevant quite to your situation, but to people who are at the start of this journey and you know they 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 just can't get something out the door. What would you tell them to do first to start building the sort of business that you now have today? I think it's so individualized because it depends on what specifically the person's fear block is. If it's around, I'm not technical, which was one of my things, then it's like, okay, then you know maybe the only financial investment that you make in your business is taking care of the uh, technical stuff. Like as much as you can free up your time and attention to work on things that you're actually excited about, that's like the greatest investment that you can make in your business is outsource, outsource whatever one it makes makes you want to cry or, you know, give up on the whole thing because ultimately your time and attention is the most important thing that you have. And so you want to be freeing that up. If it's no one knows about me or I'm not a good writer or I don't like writing, I'd rather do video content. It's like whatever it is, I think as long as you have some unique form of value to offer, just, you know, work in an aligned way, but work your ass off to, get whatever that value is out there and just give it a wall, give it all away for free for as long as you can. And, you know, really that's been my entire strategy is be so good that, that they can't ignore you and just keep giving so much value that eventually your readers tell you how they want to pay you. It's like, I want coaching, make a, make a coaching page, or I want you to write more about this, write me a book, or I want a more in-depth video uh, structure on this pain point. It's like, Every product and service I've ever offered through my website has been through multiple people asking for it. And, you know, like that, that 50 Powerful Data Ideas book is a perfect example. When enough married guys asked me, what should I do for our anniversary? What should I, you know, what kind of date should I take her on? I didn't want to answer that question anymore because it was, it bored me. So I was like, here's a product. You can just use this forever now and I can never answer that question again. <laughs> but like your followers will kind of create for you by telling you, here's what the market wants. Like, this is how we want to pay you next. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I, I love the, I love the hustle for starters, you know, the fact that you put so much stuff out there and I love that it's all based on just giving your best content away that, you know, foundation principles for, you know, what I've been teaching myself through, through blogging for many years. And it's great to see someone living it and also starting with potentially, a very generic, as you said, crowded marketplace and making this work. So, you know, congratulations, Jordan, <laughs> for that as well. Um, not much else to ask you. You've got your story. Uh, I, I, I think you are a very inspirational case study for people who are just getting started, who don't necessarily know where to go. But if they can just take that basic philosophy of put your best work out there and see who shows up and then wait till the clients ask uh, to, to get more from you and start building products and services around that. That's a brilliant strategy. It's just all kinds of blockages seem to get in the way. So the more case studies we have like you, the more people will, will follow through. 
which is fantastic. So, um, jordangrayconsulting.com is the number one spot for you. Any other websites you want to share with people? That's the main one. If people want to find my books, they can go onto Amazon and just search Jordan Gray. Okay, fantastic. Uh, before I wrap it up, Jordan, what's, what's the big plan for the sort of short-term future for your business? The short-term structure or plan is that I'm now working with a business coach for the first time ever, and this has just started over this week. So I'm not completely able to say not from a legal standpoint, but it's because I don't know yet. I'm right. about to be told. So I guess, I guess that action plan is, you know, I've taken myself to a ceiling that I can with my business knowledge and ability and now it's building out a team so that I can purely work within my zone of genius and have other people tell me what to do strategically. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, good luck with that. And I'll, I'll definitely keep an eye on your work, especially because you're in Vancouver and I may end up living or getting a base in Vancouver too. So it's good, nice. to, good to find more people doing similar things on the internet. So thank you for coming on my show today. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Jordan, and thank you, everyone, who's listened in to this Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. If you'd like to get the show notes and the transcript of Jordan's interview, just head to entrepreneurs-journey.com and go to the podcast section and look for Jordan Gray, and you'll find all the details there. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you on the next episode. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jordan Gray. I found that very inspiring to see how much Jordan could achieve with fairly limited technical skills, but also because of how reliant and how much Jordan's got from blogging. His blog has been a real powerful force for building his audience, where he writes his regular articles on relationships, but also it's where he sells his products. He writes his sales pages on his blog, and he delivers those courses as well through a member protected area which is on his blog so pretty much everything is on this blog and he's built an amazing business through the power of blogging if you'd like to follow in jordan's footsteps then i do recommend you get yourself a copy of my free report the blog profits blueprint you can get that at blogprofitsblueprint.com if you haven't got that already just sign up to my uh, blog profits newsletter and i'll send you a copy of the blueprint in both pdf and audio and that really outlines my entire process for setting up basically what jordan's done a blog that sells digital products and services so if you have an idea for something you want to help people with and you want to write and sell digital products and services go get yourself a copy of the blog profits blueprint well that's it for this episode of the ej podcast i hope you enjoyed it and i'll speak to you again on the next episode my name is yaros Starek. talk to you soon 